Salvation is just the first step in God's plan for our lives. If you'd like to know more about salvation, just go to our website at southsidechristianfellowship.net and click on the Salvation tab today. And this morning I want to talk to you a little bit about what God's been really dealing with me about. And I really don't have time to share everything. Uh, I started writing some of it down and I realized it would only take me probably three and a half weeks to teach what I want to teach on. And so I'm not going to try to do that today, but I just want to take a, take a, a, a snippet of what God's been showing me and I want to share it with you and I hope it helps you and it, I know it helped me. As, as we were going through it, one of the things that God has been doing is showing me the beauty of the bride. Uh, a lot of people have negative things to say about the church. And I'm going to tell you right now, you need to shut your mouth. Because you're talking about Jesus' girlfriend. And so, you know, I don't know about you, but if somebody ever talked about my girlfriend, I want to smack them. And I don't want Jesus smacking me because I'm talking about his girlfriend. And so... I want you to know she's beautiful. God had to show me that. I mean, he really had to show me that. And so this morning I want to talk a little bit about what God's done for us and what he's done for us as the bride. And so if you'll understand it in that perspective, maybe as I go through it and put it together, you will understand. If I don't finish it, you're not going to understand the title, and Herman will just have to let me come back and finish it. But the title of this message is, It's All About Me. Now turn to your neighbor and say, It's All About Me. It's right. I mean, you know, that's the, we, we all know that. The world revolves around us. It's all about me. And I don't know about you, but I was trained that way. My daddy kind of trained me that way, and I kind of trained my children that way, that the whole world revolved around them. Now, we, we threw in some of those niceties of sharing and doing these other things, but in reality, uh, our world begins to revolve around who we are and what we are. As I began to think about the beauty of the bride, and me being a part of the bride, I'm probably the prettiest part there is of the bride. I don't know about y'all, but uh, <laughs> but uh, I began to think about it in, in a scripture, and I thought, Lord, this is a strange scripture for me. And so in Luke 12, 22, Jesus said to his disciples, Therefore I tell you, do not be anxious about your life. Anybody in here ever get anxious about your life? Both feet and both hands, yeah. And the Lord, don't do that. Don't be anxious about your life. Don't be anxious about what you'll eat, nor your body, what you will put on. He says in verse 25, now you need to go back and read the whole thing, but verse 25 he goes on and he says, And which of you by being anxious can add a single hour to the span of his life? How many of you have worried yourself into an extra hour? You know, I think it works just the opposite of that. I think the more we worry, the, the more we give up this life. I think we, we begin to stress out life. He says, you can't even give yourself one more. So he says, quit worrying. Worry doesn't do any good. Turn to your neighbor and say, worry is only about you. Yeah. It's not about God. I appreciate that testimony, Leanne, because God's got to tell us every one that says, we got to trust in Him. Pastor Herman's been on, preaching on trusting in Him, hadn't we? And that's pretty good. It preaches so dadgum good, I'm going to tell you what. But living it's a whole lot different. And so he's telling us right here, he's saying, if you don't have food tonight, don't you worry. Well, that's easy for you to say, I'm hungry. I, I want to know that I'm going to eat. I want to have a bed to sleep in. 
We, we deal with people all the time that come in off the street and all they're worried about is where they're going to sleep tonight. That's the only thing that's on their mind. If they can just get a bed for the night. And my thought is, well, what are you going to do the, to next night and the next night and two weeks from now and three weeks from now? And they're going, we can't think that far in advance. The only thing we're worried about is what we can, what, where are we going to sleep tonight? And so most of us are blessed. We don't have to worry about where we're going to sleep tonight. Most of us are blessed in the fact that we don't have to think about it. But, but a lot of that, we, we don't realize and we don't give God the, the thanks and the, the gratitude that we should offer Him. But He said, even if you don't know where those things are coming from, He said, don't worry about it. Quit worrying about where those things are co- going to come from. He said, if, then if you are not able to do a small thing, why are you anxious about the rest? Consider the lilies, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. Yet I tell you, even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. I got thinking about lilies. I, I, lilies are beautiful. And God says, Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. And the Lord flipped me to the bride. And he said, I've dressed my bride. When Sue and I first started dating, one of my the greatest things I used to do is I like to go buy her clothes. I love to buy her clothes and, and, and uh, to dress her up and to show her off. I love to do those things. I don't know if any of you have ever had any men that would like to do that or if any of you men have liked to do that for your, for your wives and those type things. But that to me was beautiful. And so I began to think about it. I said, you know something? The Lord has said that, the Lord has said that He has dressed me and that I am dressed more beautifully than the lilies. I'm going, you, you've dressed me, Lord? He said, yeah. I said, well, you know, but some people have better clothes than I do. Some people have better, better, better. They, they got better stuff than I got. They got better automobiles. They got better stuff. He said, you're looking only at the natural. He said, I want you to come out of the natural and I want you to understand what I've put on you. I want you to see how I see you. Because he said, I've clothed you with my radiant glory. I go, oh God. I love what you're saying to me. He said, I told you the lilies have nothing. They're here today, gone tomorrow. It doesn't make any difference. They, they run over. But he said, I've put on you those things that will not. Dear, you will be, you will walk in a glory that you can't even imagine. He says in Luke 12, 28, but if God so clothed the grass which is alive in the field today and tomorrow is thrown in the oven, how much more will he clothe you? How much more will he clothe you? And then he ends it in one of those smart aleck ways. Oh, ye of little faith. Turn to your neighbor and say, oh, ye of little faith. I told somebody that one time I was praying for him and I told him, I said, hey, God says you got little faith. And man, I thought they, were, they got mad. They didn't ever come back to the church. I'm going, God, I, I, I'm glad they're not one of the apostles. He told them all the time, oh, ye of little faith. He challenged their faith. He wasn't trying to condemn them or criticize them. He was saying, you need to reach down deeper into who you are and grab hold of the faith. I, I will clothe you in something that's greater than anything the world can produce or anything the world can even think or imagine. He said, I'll take, I'll take care of you. In Isaiah 61.1, he's prophesying, Isaiah's prophesying about Jesus. He says, the 
Spirit of the Lord God is upon me because the Lord has anointed me to bring, in verse 3, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. Woo! Come on, what did we do this morning? We just worshipped Him. We just praised Him. He said, let me tell you something. You can go around in the mully grubs if you want to. You can hang your head down and say the world's going to hell in a handbasket and everything's wrong and man, the inflation's up and gas is up and, and food prices are up and, and oh God, oh God, oh God, what am I going to do? And all of a sudden, the next thing you know, you've taken on the cares of the world. You've taken on the cares of things that you have absolutely no control over whatsoever. And you are weighed down and you're worried and you've watched Fox News so much, you are a prognosticator of fear. Come on. If you're seeing in, you're a prognosticator of fear. You see, because... We think that's the news. That's not the news. That's the sensational gossip that can be put forth through the electronic pulpit so the enemy can seed fear in your heart and you can walk in the fear of the enemy rather than in the faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. That's what He's called you to. He said, put on the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. Man, put it on. Now, I gave Sue clothes. Beautiful clothes. For some reason, she wouldn't let me put them on her. <laughs> I know it. She still don't let me dress her. I, you know, but but anyway. And, and every time I talk about this, I borrow her a blue velvet pantsuit. And I'm gonna tell you something. I just almost couldn't stand it. I, I love for her to wear that. And yeah, it was a little too tight, probably a little too revealing. But Pastor Eddie loved his girl wearing that, wearing that outfit. I love that. But she chose when she put it on and when she didn't. I could ask her to. Most of the time when I ask her to, she would. But she didn't have to. Turn to your neighbor and say, Jesus is asking you to put on the garment of praise. Jesus likes to look and say, that's my girl. That's my girl right there. Look at her with her hands lifted. Look at her with her eyes filled with worship. Look at her as she abounds in giving me glory and honor and praise. Look at her as she's laying down that garment of heaviness and she's taking on that garment of praise and she's desiring to move out of the place she was where she's looking at the way the things are instead of looking at the things the way they will be. She's looking at the way things from an earthly perspective instead of looking at them from a heavenly perspective. She's looking at them from the fact that all is woe until the fact that say all is God. What are you going to do? He said, put on the garment of praise. You know something about the lily? Every time the lily opens up, it gives praise to God. In the morning, the first thing we ought to do is, man, we ought to be giving praise to God. I don't care what's going on in your life. I don't care. I don't care if the tax man is after you. I don't care if the bill collectors are after you. You know, I was in the IRS office one day 
And uh, I owed him some money, which was not unusual for me. Still isn't unusual for me to owe that IRS money. I, I think it's the best way to go. I'd rather owe the government than them have to, them owe me, you know, that type thing. And so I'm sitting in there, and as I'm sitting in there, they're talking to this guy beside me. And this woman is just giving him fits. Now, the lady I'm talking to is just as nice as she can be, and we're trying to work out some kind of payment arrangement. And, and so finally, she says, she looks at the guy and she says, I tell you what, son, you don't pay this IRS bill, I'm going to take your car. He took his keys out, he slammed them on the desk, he said, I'm going to tell you what the man told me, you don't make next payment, they coming to pick this car up. Sometimes we just need to tell the IRS, man, they can have it if they want it. It doesn't make any difference. If the enemy wants your stuff, it's just stuff. He can have my stuff. He can't have me. Come on. And so he tells us, he said, put on the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. Jesus said, I came for that very reason, that I could take you to the place of the cross, to the place of wonder, to the place of glory, that you can take that heavy burden, you can lay it at my feet, and you can trust me that I will be there with you. I'll walk with you all the way through. And so he clothed you in the garment of joy. Isn't that cool? Isn't that cool? Now, I got, you, I got to tell you, Cartier or Gucci or whoever all these people are that put their names on there that charge $20,000 for a pocketbook who have absolutely gone insane, I'd rather have something signed by Jesus Christ, okay? Written in the blood. And he says, you can't buy that with money. It's bought in blood. And it's joy. I give you joy for heaviness. Man, what a trade. But he said, you've got to put it on. I'll give it to you, but you've got to put it on. He said, I'm going to give you joy right in the midst of everything that you're doing. In 1 Peter 2.9, he said, you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his own possession that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Not only did he clothe you in joy, but he clothed you in royal garments and holiness and authority. He, he clothed you in all of that. Rhonda, come up here and stand up here just a second. How many of you know what this is? Anybody know what this is? Just turn around and you stand right there. It's a prayer shawl. It's called a tallit. And it's worn around like this. And Jewish men wore it all the time. Now, it finally reached a point to where it was very difficult for them to wear, and they created an undershirt or something like that. But it's created for this for several reasons. Number one, it is a reminder that every day that they are wrapped in the holiness of God. Amen. Come on, give, give God praise. It's a reminder these knots... These knots have to do with the laws and, and with the Torah, and it's a reminder. And it's a, it's, a, it's a reminder that there have been boundaries established that our lives in. So the highway of holiness that we talk about, he said, I'm not just going to let you out there without markers. I've got markers to help lead you and guide you down the way. The blue that's in there has to do with royalty. He said, I've called you to be royalty. And the gold has to do with authority. And he says, I've called you into a place of great authority. He said, I've not called 
called you to be ordinary. I've called you to be extraordinary. I've called you to represent me. I've called you to be my manifest glory on the face of the earth. God said, I will cover the earth with my glory like the waters cover the sea. Well, guess what? It's His church. It's His bride. We're looking for something outward to come on us. And God said, no, it's coming out of you. Because I've adorned you with my glory. You see, they used to have to wear the outward sign, but now once Jesus came, it's on the inside. The Holy Ghost isn't on the outside. The Holy Ghost is on the inside. The royalty, the call, the special generation, the temple of the Most High God, it's right here, bride of Christ. Come on, give God praise. Give God praise. Sit right there. I'm going to call you right back up in just a minute, okay? Keep that on. All right, keep that on. And so he's saying, I've clothed you for these reasons. You are nobility. I've dressed you in royal robes. How many of us get up in the morning and we realize we're royalty? How many of y'all think Queen Elizabeth knows she's royalty? Why? Well, because somebody put a crown on her. Somebody put a crown on you too. The problem is, is you keep looking for it in the natural and God said, I put it in on you on the spiritual and no man can take that away from you. No man can take you out of my hand. God Himself said, I have sealed you unto the day of redemption. I've placed that crown on you. I've placed that glory on you. I've placed my spirit within you. You are my betrothed. And he said, you're not betrothed with some ring. He said, you're betrothed in blood. I've shed my blood as a a, a saying that I am in love with you. And the down payment on the consummation of the marriage is my Holy Spirit that abides in you. Some of you don't get it. Turn to your neighbor and say, I'm rich. You can take all my money. You can take all my possessions. You can take everything I've got. But you can't take the Holy Spirit from me. And if I got the Holy Spirit, I'm rich. I'm wealthy. I have an eternal destiny. The blink of an eye. I told you 70 years. 70 years. My daddy would have told you the 92 that he lived went just like that. So quick, you can't even blink an eye and you're there. But I have an eternal inheritance that's in God that was paid for in blood, guaranteed by His Spirit, and will be, uh, be consumed by the Son. Am I making any sense to you today? I want you to understand the garments that God has given us. He's given us the garment of royalty. He's given us the garment of holiness. He's given us the garments of authority. In Luke 24, 49, He told His disciples, He said, And behold, I am sending the promise of My Father upon you, but stay in the city until you are clothed with power from on high. Guess what? If you've accepted Jesus Christ, if you've asked Him to fill you with His Holy Spirit, you have been endowed not only with authority, but with power. I hope you're hearing what I'm saying. You've been endowed with power from on high. And so God said, I've put all this stuff on you. I've put holiness on you. Undergarments. I've put beauty on you. I've put joy on you. He said, I've even given you jewelry. How many of you like jewelry? I didn't used to, but boy, I love jewelry. I love it, you know. 
But but let, let me try that again. Some of you ladies didn't even raise your hand. I believe you're liars. How many of y'all really do like jewelry? <laughs> Amen. How many of you know God gave you bling? He gave you bling. He said, you know something? He said, I want people to know you're mine, so I'm going to give you gifts. And these gifts are just jewelry. Now, we've made them so important that we've said that they are the main thing. God said, no. You tell me, is this ring, is it more important than my marriage? It's just a symbol of it. But do I like to wear it? Yes, I do. This ring reminds me, my daddy said, you're my, you're my son. You hold my name. I got another one that I wear right here. It's the one Jesus put on me and said, you mine. You're my betrothed. I wear the ring of Jesus. He says, you belong to me. But he said, I'm going to give you jewelry because I, I want you to show forth my, my glory in all the earth. And he said, you know what my jewelry is? Signs, wonders, miracles, speaking in tongues, interpretation of tongues, the prophetic, the gift of faith. He says, all of these things, he said, it's the jewelry that the bride wears. You know how I know it's jewelry? Because it's not permanent. What do you mean it's not permanent? Prophecy is not going to be around forever. Why would you need to prophesy the heart of the Father when you're in the presence of the Father? He will reveal His own heart to you. So for right now, it's just bling. And God said, but i like for you to wear it. Joni has a saying I love when she don't put her earrings in. She said, I have naked ears. A lot of us like to go outside and we don't put on anything that the Holy Spirit's given us. So we got, we got, we're naked. We have naked jewelry. We don't have anything on our hands and our heart. We don't have anything. We just go out there and just, we're going to see what the day has. Can you imagine just getting dressed and walking outside and hoping you had the right clothing on? Have any of y'all ever got dressed in the dark? Put one blue sock on, one black sock on. Anybody done that? I've even put on two wrong shoes, but they, you know, they one was a left, one was a right, and so, and didn't know it till I got to work. Somebody said those shoes don't match. I went, oh my goodness. Well, isn't that the way we want? Isn't that the way we we we, we want to treat the Holy Spirit? Is I'm here, Holy Spirit. If you want to show up, go ahead. Instead of getting up in the morning and saying, God, I'm, I am yours to be used today. I'm powerful. I have gifts of the Holy Spirit. I can do what you want me to do. You want me to lay hands on the sick that they'll recover? I'll lay hands on the sick. Lord, if you've got a word of prophecy, I'll give a word of prophecy. If you've got a tongue, I'll give a tongue. If, you, if somebody needs faith, then you will encourage me and I'll give my faith to them. I'll share your faith. And we can walk faith to faith. That's who I am. Why? Because God has clothed me in it. God has clothed me in that. Let me, get, let me just bring this kind of to a close. i got several more, but I want you to understand, too, that you're a warrior. God said, I've given you armor. He said, I have given you armor. Stand up. Yeah, just Rhonda. Just Rhonda. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Turn around. He said, I put armor on you. And it's, and it's resplendent armor. Do you know what resplendent armor is? 
It's glorious. When you walk around in the armor of God, the whole world knows that you walk around. But then He's done some things. He's given you a shield of faith as protection. But He's also given you a sword. He's given you the Word of God. And when He puts the Word of God in your hand and out of your hand into your heart and from your heart into your mouth, can I tell you that is the most explosive, most powerful weapon on the entire planet. You know, they're talking about right now that China may have a thousand nuclear weapons. I'll take one word from God over a thousand nuclear weapons anytime, any day, any place. They get ready to shoot off a missile and God says, that ain't happening. Guess what? It ain't happening. I don't care how great their technology is. I don't care how great their minds are. My God has given us the most powerful weapon. He said, if you will pray, if you will diligently seek my face, if you will release my word in the earth, there will be a power unleashed beyond anything that you can think or imagine. I have called you into that place of greatness that you might manifest my glory in the earth. Now, the problem has been that once we find out who we really are, then we get to strutting like we somebody. I can heal sick. You can't heal a butter bean. It's the Holy Spirit. It's when you begin to rob God of His glory and begin to take on His glory and you look at her and you say, look, look at this shiny armor. Hey, nothing penetrating this. You know what? You've just set yourself up for a fall. You've just set yourself up for a fall. And so one of the last things He says to us, He says to us, He said, I've put armor on you. I've put power in you. I've given you power in your tongue. But He said, I want you wrapped And burlap. You know what that is? That's humility. That's humility. You don't have to talk about your armor. You don't have to talk about the power. You don't have to talk about anything. All you've got to do is walk around in what God has clothed you in and let the power of Him come forth. You see, what happens is we really do believe that God has done that just for me. And so we refuse to wear the humility. Let it go out. Take it back off. We refuse to wear the humility that God called us to. We refuse to be the servant that God called us to. We're looking for somebody to serve us. And God said, I'm looking for somebody that's willing to serve. Jesus said, I came to serve. He said, I sent my bride so that she can serve. My apostles came to serve humanity. That we're here on the earth as the bride of Christ to be a reflection of who He is. And so we need to strap ourselves up, put on our aprons, and begin to serve like it's up to Him and to His glory and to His honor. We need to walk in the humility of who He is and what He has called us to do. And we don't have to go around and say it like, like Jesus. We don't have to go around and say, I'm the Christ. I'm the anointed one. I'm the King. You need to fall at my knees. All we need to do is say we serve the riven Savior but it needs to be in demonstration of perfect love if it's not in love it's all about me and it's not about him you see too much of the church has reached this point where they go God what can you do for me 
It's all about me, God. What can you do for me? God, if you can't get me out of this situation I'm in right now, why should I serve you? God, if I can't do certain things, why should I be with you? If you don't send me money, if you don't, if you don't, if you don't. Ooh, I almost said a cuss word. Makes me mad. I've had people come to church they're faithful and they show up at everything for six months. And, and then we know that they're struggling with their, with their wife or their husband and that husband or wife leaves them and they quit the church and they say, God did it. Somebody dies in their family and they leave God and they say, God did it. Come on, you know what you said? God, it's all about me. Let me let you know a secret. The Gospel of Lucifer Turn to your neighbor and say the Gospel of Lucifer. Anybody know who Lucifer is? He's the devil. The Gospel of Lucifer is it's all about me and my household. That is not the Gospel of the Kingdom. God said, I've clothed you. I've called you to royalty. I've clothed you in beauty. I've clothed you in joy. I've given you power. I've called you to be a people set apart. But I've called you for the specific purpose that when people see the bride, that's you, they see me. We're in a look at me world. God's saying, you better be saying, look at Jesus. Look at Jesus. Look at Jesus. Who are we looking at? We have whole platforms that are driven now with people posting images of themselves. And you know what they're saying? Look at me. Are you opposing that? No, not if your heart's right. I don't care, post 10,000 pictures. As long as you're saying it's to glorify Him. But if you just want somebody to know how cute you are, how beautiful you are, and Jesus doesn't get any praise, you need to be asking yourself, is it all about me? Is it all about me? Am I following the gospel of the kingdom or am I following the gospel of Lucifer? He snared Adam and Eve through the it's all about you guys and he's never stopped. And if there's ever been a society that sold it's all about me any stronger than the United States of America, I do not know about it. It's all about me. We don't get up in the morning and say, God, I need this. The Bible says God knows what you have need of even before you ask. The first thing you say is, God, I recognize that you're God. How can you use me in your kingdom today? Then you can talk about your problem. I'm not telling you not to talk about your problems with God. I think you should. But when problems become the priority, then guess what? It's all about you.
And I'm telling you this because the bride says he's going to have a, the word says he's going to have a bride, a bride without spot or wrinkle. That means her heart is going to be completely aligned with his heart. That means she's going to be perfect in everything she does. We're not perfect people. Only Jesus was perfect. But our heart is so aligned, aligned with his and our desire is so aligned with his. You see, there is no way there's no way, Leanne, that you can take glory for what's happened with your children. It's only through Jesus that any of that took place. And I know because she tried to fix some of it. Just like I have. Just like you have. How many of us have tried to fix it ourselves and we just can't? And God says, give it to me. Stand to your feet. Thank you. Now we can just have a call. We don't have to have music. We've had a lot of ministry this morning. And if you feel condemned by what I preached this morning, you've heard the wrong message. There's no condemnation in anything I said. And if you feel like you need to examine yourself, then you got the message. You see, you can't change your heart, but you can sure change your mind. If you change your mind, you can change your focus and God will change your heart. I just want to encourage you this morning. I want to tell you how beautiful you are. I want to tell you how glorious you are. Hmm. This morning, if you need to put on that cloak of humility, I don't want you to come up here. I just want you to put it on. I just want you to take hold of it and say, God, I want to walk in a more humble place. If you've got a burden this morning that you hadn't been able to turn over, I want you to come down. We're just going to take a minute. you got a burden you hadn't been able to turn down. I think we've already prayed for that once, haven't we? Didn't we pray over burdens earlier? Yes. yes. Oh, we did. But they're still there. We want to turn it over. Hmm. Can we put on some happy music? And yeah, I just want some happy music. I started out with this, and this is where I want to end. He said, put on the garment of praise for the spirit of happiness. Just raise your hands. And just begin to thank Him. Lord, we just thank You. We worship You. We praise You. Lord, our delight is in You. You have clothed us in resplendent glory. You have caused us to walk in places that we never knew. You have delivered us from the throes of the enemy. Yet, Lord, we don't even know the things that You have delivered us from, but we give You glory and we give You honor. And Father God, even now, I ask You to forgive me for where I made it all about me. Lord, I ask You to forgive me where I, where I have shut out the rest of the world and just made it about Eddie. Father God, would You change my heart? that it would be more about you and less about me. And we might be like John the Baptist, that you might increase as we decrease. Grant it, Lord, that we might be a pure reflection of your bride. Raise your hand and say, I am the bride of Christ. I am beautiful. I am filled with power. He is my God. And I will serve Him. Now give him a shout of praise, would you? Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord.
You've been listening to Sunday Sermons from Southside Christian Fellowship Church, a place where you are loved, accepted, and received, a place of healing, a place of prayer, a place of hope. We invite you to join us this Sunday and every Sunday. For service times, location, and other information about the church, please visit our website at southsidechristianfellowship.net. Again, that's southsidechristianfellowship.net. As we wrap up today's message, we would like to once again thank you for listening. We would like to also have Papa Herman, an elder at Southside, to speak a Father's blessing over you. May the Lord bless and keep you, that He would cause His face to shine upon you and be gracious to you, that the Lord would lift up the light of His countenance upon you and give you His peace. And remember that the Lord's favor is with you all the time. Expect it. It is with you. It's manifesting itself to you. It will overtake you no matter where you are. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.